you got your notebook there. Yeah. So this is how keen Ellie is. She's already got her notebook open with all of the stats for what's the time, Mr. No, Ego. I'm trying to find the stats page, but in fact, mm-hmm. I found a Christmas list from two years ago. <laughs> What do you mean a Christmas list for you to buy so other wrote, people? Yeah, I've got. Okay, um, that's what's on the so Christmas list. And time for a new feature before the podcast starts. <laughs> Jerry and Irene Hamper. Jerry and Irene, um, my dad, yeah. and Irene is my dad's fiance. They're not some two people that Ellie is <laughs> buying. We don't, we don't, we're not people trafficking. Jerry and Irene Hamper, that's on uh, a Christmas list. Thomas and Kate Egg Cups. Oh, that ticked. is. They are actually people. Thomas and Kate Egg Cups. We've um, also got in this book some notes that I took from a WI meeting all about preserves. Go so. on then, let's have. What's <laughs> going to happen is we'll do the last week on the podcast jingle very shortly, but just leading us into that, Ellie Skinner, can you give us a fact about preserves courtesy of the Women's Institute from two years ago? Preserves are fashionable but exist because they avoid waste welcome to the podcast last week on the david eagle podcast don't tell me yum <laughs> the great and infamous hall i'll decide whether it's yum moonlight sugar purple orange licked dick oh. a great and infamous hall how dare you those allegations were never proved hey you want to believe it come on hey i should hope it bloody is yum uh, stone the crows there's a lengthy elaborate a bluting system potatoes <laughs> 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 now it's time for the podcast that wouldn't be possible were it not for King Henry VIII being an adulterous little shit. It's the David Eagle Podcast. Yes, that's something that we discovered last week. Henry VIII, that's who we owe this podcast to because Ellie Skinner... Yeah. ...is not uh, sitting next to me, David Eagle, incidentally. But I'm sure you know this by now. We're going to say it's a David Eagle podcast. Again to point out that I was me. <laughs> come here. I did say when I want you to come in, I'm not going to tap you. <laughs> so we'll try that. It will do. From now on, there's no tapping going on, Ellie, because I do sort of prod her in order to start doing the podcast. Well, she says I'm not going to do the podcast unless you prod me. But uh, that's before we start recording. That's uh, another story. Uh, anyway, uh. the point I was trying to make: Ellie Skinner owes her life to the adulterous ways of Henry VIII and. Mary Boleyn, or at least that's what we think anyway. Definitely descended, Mary Boleyn. Yeah. Descended from Henry VIII. You also, though, Ellie, gave me another little story. You were halfway through, or probably about three quarters of the way through, <laughs> telling me a story, and just as you were getting to the end of the story, I stopped you. I prodded you. And I said, no, save it for the podcast. Yeah. So I thought, this is a good story. So this is what happens now. If Ellie's telling me a good story, I let her get, she gets to about the three-quarter <laughs> mark. I go, hang on a minute, I don't want to know the rest of that. We'll have it on the podcast. So we can never have a conversation anymore now. No. If anything, maybe that's what's helping keep our relationship alive. It is. Just... Yeah, we'll get to that at some point as well. And, of course, as we've already pointed out, Ellie has got her notebook with all of the stats as we yeah. reach the penultimate episode of What's the Time, Mr. Eagle? What's going to happen? We'll find out. Also, oh, that was very good, Ellie. There was no prodding there, was there? No. Very good. Also, regular features, Potato News returns. What was the state of play last week with the potatoes, Ellie? Do you remember? Uh, I don't think they started sprouting, had no, they? No, no. They'd been a week in the soil. Week in the soil, but no sprouting. Will there be sprouting? Or chitting, as we've discovered is the technical word. This time round, we'll find out in this week's Potato News. Herbal Tea of the Week. What will the herbal tea be? We'll rate it on smell, description and taste. 
Breakfast and bring you the teetotal and cassette roulette. What will be on this week's tape? There is a big box riddled with tapes. Whichever tape Ellie picks out, we'll play it here on the David Eagle podcast. Is that it? Could be. Yeah, I think it probably is. So enjoy. (laughs) Enjoy enjoy the podcast. (laughs) All that and more coming up on this week's The David Eagle Podcast with me, David Eagle. And me, Ellie Skinner. And also, at some point, Ellie might have to disappear when if our landlady suddenly appears. Yeah. Imagine if we suddenly get evicted halfway <laughs> through the podcast. And the last bit of the podcast is us on the streets. So, last week, I mentioned that I was going to put a video on Twitter, a little mm. song that I've recorded, angered by the absolute ridiculousness of Lawrence Fox and mm. Piers Morgan and his ilk. And it was partly down to the fact that I thought, uh, I'm going to return to stand-up in the next uh, month or two. And I realise now, you know, as nice a time as I'm sure I'll have when I get up there, that chances are half of the audience I will strongly dislike. Because they'll be the kind of people who are just like, well, I don't want to wear a mask, I don't want to have a vaccination, I don't want... We need to get Britain back for British people and all that kind of thing. And I just thought... And so I thought, I need to address this. So I've kind of got this lovely idea of doing, like, a a full set of stuff that hopefully everybody will like, you know, like, get the audience on side. And they'll be like, oh, this is great. And then, right at the end, a politically motivated ranting song annoy half the audience right at the end of the gig. And then the next act has to come on. So what happened was, I released this video, no idea how obviously it was going to go and I kind of what surprised me was how little negative comment there was because yeah. I thought you write a song about Lawrence Fox and Piers Morgan and that kind of thing and people who are far too patriotic for their own good and I thought this is going to get quite a bit of you know it's going to split people but it did, I was it a bit worried that their fans were going to turn on you and well the weird mean. thing is I did not tweet Lawrence Fox no. or Piers Morgan but then other people began to tweet their those men. people and and so then I thought, oh, this is when it begins. So when people start going, hey, what do you think of this, Loza? Uh, get this down here and all of this, and started treating them, I thought this is going to go. You know what's going to happen now? But it didn't really. No. Uh, I mean, I suppose they get so many tweets that they can't look at absolutely everything. But the weird thing was that we released this at 8 o'clock on the Saturday, and by 4 o'clock it had got up to just over 3,000 yeah. uh, people or something. So it wasn't doing too badly, but I, I was in the bath for 40 minutes. It was at 3,200 when I went in the bath at 4 o'clock. So bearing in mind it had been released at 8 o'clock, so it had taken 8 hours to get to 3,200. I got out of the bath at 4.40, checked my phone, and in the 40 minutes that I'd been in the bath, it had gone up to 7,500. So it had more than doubled, and that's thanks to Rufus Hound, who came to my rescue last week, (laughs) came to the rescue last time in the Nevada one. He's got a million followers, so it suddenly just doubled. And then I left it. I left it for an hour I left my phone charging so I'd been away from my phone for an hour and I pick up the phone and it had gone up to 36,000 <laughs> and at this point I've absolutely no idea what the how has it managed to do this and then what was really odd is every 10 seconds it was going up by like another 100 in about 2 or 3 minutes it, I think it had gone up like 2,000 or something so it had now gone up to 38,000 and 2 minutes later it had gone up to 40,000 and I'm thinking what the 
bloody hell's going on? And it's all because of a former NBA American basketball player, also uh, described on his Wikipedia page as a social media influencer, which he certainly was doing for me, because now my views were rocketing up by a thousand every minute. And it's uh, Rex Chapman. I assume it might be because he was following Rufus Hound. He seems to be following a lot of British comedians. And so I think he was following Rufus Hound. And then so because of that, it suddenly skyrocketed because he's got like a million, over a million, million followers. Yeah. A million and one. Million point one. <laughs> million. <laughs> no, not a million, but a million and one. He's doing really well. But then he started being retweeted by people who were following him. So the actor Ken Marino retweeted it. He's in lots of sort of comedy things in the US. And then the exciting one, B.B. <laughs> Neweth, who yeah. played Fraser Crane's ex-wife Lilith, suddenly gets in on I'm the action. Broadway legend. Yeah, but Fraser Crane's yeah, ex-wife yeah. Lilith, I would yeah. say for me. It suddenly sort of got a, a lot of traction. But as I say, didn't really get too much negative comments. There was one American who just uh, responded to Rex Chapman's tweet, which was, holy shit, what was I've it? Watched it? Amazing shitballs or something like that, which apparently is good. Doesn't sound that good, does it? Amazing shitballs. But, uh, and then uh, this American guy replied by just saying, dumb and gay. So yeah, so it had gone up absolutely loads and it just continued to go up from there. So in about two days, we got over 100,000 and now it's 115,000 across social media all told. So there we go. I mean, we've probably got some new listeners potentially to the podcast. Hello, new listeners. And we're more, what a podcast you're listening to. It's just me <laughs> talking about my Twitter numbers. Uh, it's very exciting. But at least you got that fact about preserves. Yeah. Um, um, I've got a quote from the WR years ago I found that I've written down. Of course. Yeah, about the preserves. I'm just going right. to drop little preserve facts. All right. It go says, on. I don't strain stuff, I go in chunky. And that oh. was said by Jackie. I mean, we do have, I think, a sound bite for <laughs> the next last week on the David Eagle podcast. <laughs> I don't strain it, I just go in chunky. That's Jackie for you. That's Jackie. We should get her on the podcast. <laughs> chunky Jackie. We could too. She used to be my boss. So, yeah, so welcome to uh, any new followers. We don't, the podcast isn't just preserve facts and. <laughs> me talking about my no. Twitter views. Uh, we do have features as well, such as Cassette Roulette. Uh, we'll talk about some of the other Twitter followers, though, a little bit later, because we've got a very exciting one. Even more exciting than uh, Lilith, mm. Fraser Green's ex-wife. A very exciting one. But first, it's time for Cassette Roulette. Put your hand in my big box, pull out a cassette. We have no idea right now what's on it yet. But then we press play, we'll hear what we get. It's time to play a game we call Cassette Roulette. The idea, basically, is that over the course of my childhood into my teenage years, I recorded a lot of things on cassettes, either myself or radio shows or all sorts of miscellaneous claptrap. And uh, I thought it might be quite interesting to revisit some of that and see what's on these cassettes. Many of these cassettes I have not heard the contents of since I recorded them. I probably not listened to a lot of these cassettes back. I just pressed record, recorded loads of stuff from the radio, recorded me doing various things, and now it's time to finally hear what's on those cassettes. No matter how embarrassing, no matter what it is, we'll play it on Cassette Roulette. So, Ellie, let's pick out a cassette, hand it to me, and we'll reveal what's on it this week. So, rub my finger across it. It's very smooth, this cassette. Do you know what it says on it? What's on the cassette? It says BBC Normal Bias. 
No. FX90. That sounds like a bit of political propaganda, doesn't it? <laughs> BBC, normal bias. Mm. Eh? Sounds like an accusation of their news coverage or something, doesn't <laughs> normal it? BBC uh, normal BBC bias. bias. But it's not. BBC is the make of cassette. Yeah. Which is very strange. I do find that. Well, BBC is a massive brand, a broadcasting brand. I never understand it when, like, because the computers had beep. What are you doing? Yeah. Well, no, it has got the actual BBC logo from, like, the 90s on what? it. What? So it branched out into cassettes? Yeah. Is that the commercial arm of the BBC? Well, got to fund themselves somewhere. With all these pensioners not paying. Well, let's see. Will there be something from the BBC on this cassette? Or will there be something completely different? So Ellie is going to leave the room. I will then have a little listen, and then I shall bring her back in. We'll have a listen. What's on the cassette in this week's Cassette Roulette? It's time to play a game we call Cassette Roulette. Apparently, yes. UK music fans snapped up 65,000 cassettes in 2020. Well, that's what the BBC News says. Lady and Gaga when you say BBC stuff. News, do you mean cassette news or do you mean BBC News? <laughs> the audio cassette inventor Lou Ottens died on the 10th of March this year and he oh. invented the cassette. So perhaps this cassette roulette can be dedicated, dedicated to, to Lou Ottens. I mean, I apologise in advance because I don't know what's on it, but <laughs> in case it's something... <laughs> porn or something, perhaps. <laughs> cassette um, porn. Cassette porn. Oh, well, we'll find out. There's only a few little things to play on this cassette, Ellie. Yeah. There's not a lot, really, because it's just a lot of, like, music from radio and stuff. I think this is around about when I was 16 or something. Okay, so the first thing is, we've talked before about the great thing about radio and just, like, flicking the dial mm. and just getting snatches of sound and not knowing... Well, porn again. <laughs> sounds of snatches. That's the... the flicking the dial the and getting your snatches. <laughs> Flick the dial get sounds of snatches. That's cassette porn for you. Hello to all our new listeners. You see, it's, it's not just fact about jam. Chunky bits, anywhere. You should never preheat the oven when sterilising. That's your next little... Okay, fair <laughs> enough. When you're flicking through things on the radio, you'll get a little bit of something, and then I'll turn the dial, and this is one of those... And then it'll be something completely different. And so it's like this weird sound tapestry, this weird collage. Once I've turned the dial one way, if I don't turn it back... We're listening to this back now, 20 years later or whatever. And at this point, when I was listening to this bit of the, the tape, just about a few minutes ago, I was thinking... Yeah. David, what are you doing? Because I turned the dial one way and then it did something and I was like, I want it, what's that? And I was like, this is brilliant. And then I turned the dial and never returned to oh. what I was doing. So I'm annoyed. So you cross my, with your past I'm self. annoyed at myself from 20 years ago because I want to know what this song is. I mean, I'm unsure whether Shazam is going to find it or not, but we can try. But anyway, this is me flicking through. I think it must be the shortwave radio band. Radio stations from all over the world coming up. There's a, well, you'll hear, there's, the thing I'm referring to is the thing that happens at the end. Okay. But the bits before that are quite odd as well. Here we go. <laughs> Evidence that the, I don't think the body was ever found. I think the Russians said that they uh, scattered it or they, they took it back. To so whenever you meet Jesus, he gives you... Well, that's the thing. We were talking about dance music, Jesus-based dance yeah. music, and we've got some here on this radio station. Like, I, and I don't know what it's talking about. It sounds quite excited. Whenever you meet Jesus... But I flick, for some reason, I flick the dial. I mean, the bit before, it's quite odd, talking about Russians hiding a body or something. The, I don't think the body was ever found. I think the Russians said that they uh, scattered it or they... they but it's it, but I, so I flick off that, and what, obviously, for some reason, my teenage 
yourself. It's got no lower flicker where and I flick onto this. And then I flick off it. And I want to know <laughs> what that song is. Shall we try Shazamming, Ellie? Uh, yeah. So just tell me when. We're going to see if Shazam can okay. get this. Shazam is going. It's Rise, Eddie Amador. He's found it. Yeah. Oh. That's the bit. There we go. Okay. We discover what that song is there. Don't know about the bit about the Russians. No <laughs> idea what's being referred to there. Shazam's not that Shazam good. Shazam can't do that. Where's the body? Where have the Russians scattered the body? And whose body was it, Shazam? That's what we want to know. <laughs> this next bit is a recording of me Ooh. attempting to tell a joke. Hey, shut the back up. Just shut the back up. I walked into a pub last night. I said, I walk into a pub. I said, I'm on a three-pack of beer, please. What for me, brother? Mick. What for me, brother Paddy? I'm for myself. Anyway, I kept doing this all the time, and then one day I walked in, and I only got uh, two pints of beer, and uh, the barman said, What's wrong, mate? They said, Has one of your brothers died or something? Oh, no, no, the doctor's put me on tablets, and I'm not allowed to drink. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So, Are you doing an Irish accent? <laughs> yes, quite clearly an Irish accent there. Hey, shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. But, uh, exactly, I really. If you say something, it annoys me. I need to have that ready. Hey, shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> yes, and if you continue doing that, you can do a podcast on your own, <laughs> so, David Eagle. Oh, have you read those you know emails? You've read uh, those comments, have you? Do you know uh, what's... No, don't, don't get to you, Ellie. So the joke is meant to be, Paddy walks into a pub or whatever, he says to the landlord, I'll have three pints of beer, please. Well, the landlord might say something like, there's only, but there's only you. And he says, oh, yeah, but it's fun for me. And I'll have another two for my brothers, uh, Mick and Jack or whatever, who aren't here. They're overseas right now, but I always drink a toast for them. Right. So I assume that's what it is. And he keeps doing this week after week. Oh, one for, pint yeah. for me, one for me two brothers, please, uh, barman. Yeah. And then he obviously one week he comes in and says, I'll have just the two pints, please. Yeah. And then he says, oh, God, what's happened? Has one of your brothers died or something? Right. And he goes, no, the doctor's put me on time, so I'm not allowed to drink. I assume that's what the joke is. Right. Anyway, there we go. So <laughs> Look how far you've come. Look how far I've come, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Sim, I've lost the Irish accent, but mm. uh, there we go. And the final thing, Ellie, oh, yeah. on this one is, for some reason, me singing along to Tattoo's Not Gonna Get Us. Here we are. Are these the are. Russians that scattered the body and now they're <laughs> saying and they're not going to get us, they'll never find them, it we've spread them back. everywhere. Tattoo, the Russian Russian lesbian duo, I think. Uh, yes. That's what they were famous uh, for. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not like I'm just announcing yeah, it in yeah. a kind of... No, that's no, no, kind it was of what whether they or not they, they actually were if it was a marketing thing. Oh, you think thing it might have been a marketing thing? Yeah. Oh. 
this is the thing that I was very happy about on Twitter, Ellie. Mm. So we're already we were getting up at this point in the night for about sixty thousand views on the thing, and it just kept going up and up. And we'd already had BB Newerth, uh, Fraser Crane's ex-wife Lilla, tweeting and all of that kind of thing. And then we got a tweet from someone called Succulent Chinese Meal. Oh yeah. And I assume this related to a video. When I started replying to Succulent Chinese Meal, I realised upon sending it that uh, if it didn't relate to the video, then they would maybe Think sort, of, some sort of perv. So I was some sort of pervert <laughs> because what I wrote to this person was, uh, "Are you waiting to receive my limp penis?" And then I sent it. Now the reason for this is because there's a video, a very famous video. Now I think it might have been shown to me by I think it was it. James yeah. Fagan who yeah. showed it to me. The folk singer James Fagan from Nancy Kerr fame. Uh, <laughs> James Fagan, Nancy Kerr and her accordion Harry potatoes. And, Harry and Hamish. Yeah. yeah, I think he showed me this. And it's a video on Twitter. Do you want to get the video up, Ellie, and you can tell us all about it? I think the video's titled something like Most Gentlemanly Arrest or something like that. And it's a video of a man in Australia who I think is a kind of a bit of a con artist and he goes into restaurants, has a slap-up meal and then doesn't pay for it. And on this occasion... Oh, is that all right? Yeah, it's Magnificent Arrest of Paul Charles Dozer. The restaurant reported him and before he could leave the restaurant, the police were waiting there for him and they arrested him and uh, he, he fancies himself as a bit of an orator basically and so uh, here's the clip of him when he's uh, outside and some people are obviously taking a video yeah. of this going on I don't know when this would have been released because I think this is before like he's basically I think addressing the camera and uh, trying to protest his innocence here I'm under arrest look I'm under what gentlemen this is democracy manifest <laughs> he just he sort of addresses I think he's addressing this to the camera isn't he Wait. yes 1988 1988 yeah. right I wonder why someone started filming it then have a look at the headlock here see that chap over there he'll get off. your hand off my penis this is the See that chap over there? He'll get your hand off my penis! This is the bike who got me on the penis before. Does he. So, what does he do at that point then? On the There's a couple of officers and they're trying to put him into a car and they're sort of pushing him on the back of the head. And then he's just kind of looking scandalised. So, we can't see. You can't see the no, penis. We can, we're now see, there's another camera like behind him. They're putting his arms behind another his back. Another camera? Why are they. So many people. I know, especially in the 80s. You wouldn't yeah. have thought he yeah. was arrested repeatedly for failing to pay for meals he'd just eaten. This is the bike who got me on the penis before. Get some cups. Why did you do this? Get some cups. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? So that's the reason I assumed it was succulent Chinese meal. But imagine if it wasn't. Maybe, they, maybe she ran a Chinese restaurant and she had no idea about the video and her Twitter handle was just sucking at Chinese mail and I just messaged her with are you waiting to receive my limp penis <laughs> we haven't got to that bit yet so here this is the bit coming up now oh that's a nice headlock sir oh uh, yes I see that you know your judo well and you sir are you waiting to receive my limp penis <laughs> <laughs> and you sir are you waiting to receive my limp penis how dare get your Handcuff. <laughs> <laughs> so this point, they've only got one handcuff. 
<laughs> and at this point, so the man now is like turns to the camera, this Australian con artist, turns to the camera and starts mocking the police and saying, look, they've only got one cuff, how ridiculous. Well, so I guess getting in with that. One cuff, look! <laughs> they even broke Yeah, and as they're getting him into the car, he's kind of going in feet first because he's <laughs> resisting. So they're sliding him in. <laughs> oh, um, I found it. There's I'm, a Wikipedia entry. What I find really good about this, though, is the fact that when he says one cough in his accent, <laughs> it sounds like he's saying something else. So if you <laughs> kind of mixed it together, if we kind of had, you could have one cough the penis. Uh, <laughs> no, one cough the penis. Um, I do feel what we should do, because I was, I was thinking about this. It's the perfect sample, yeah. isn't it? You could have for like a dance track or something, get your hands off my penis. <laughs> get, your, get your hand off my penis. I think that. <laughs> Ellie, t- t- what have you found? A Wikipedia article called Democracy Manifest, also known as Succulent Chinese Meal, 1990 Australian news segment by reporter Chris Reason. And it's one of the Australia's most viral videos. And there's a bit no, of a... Want not Australia's most viral penis. No. That's something different. <laughs> Taped by then freshman reporter Chris Reason at Seven News. As it turned out, the police arrested the wrong man in a case of mistaken identity. Oh, really? They thought he was an international criminal. They actually arrested Cecil George Edwards, a petty criminal with a flair for acting and multiple aliases, who was released later that day to the embarrassment of the police. The clip remained obscure until a raw video version was uploaded to the the internet in 2009 so so it was the wrong guy (laughs) so it was the wrong guy that police officer who grabbed his penis was probably thinking (laughs) I was looking forward to talking about the time he's like I grabbed the penis of the most famous con artist in Australia's history (laughs) and much to his chagrin realised it was the wrong penis well I've just got a little loop thing up I think we should we should do something I think the next DJ mix should be the get your hands off my penis imagine people in the nightclub get your hands off my penis the action would just be lots of people with their hands not on each other's penises. Mm. I think it's quite rhythmic. Get your hand off my penis! Without even doing anything, Ali. So maybe next week, what we can, what I can do is, I could do, I, I could give myself, how long, half an hour? Half an hour, yeah. maybe, to come up. Because that's the thing. I think if you're going to create a number... It's a number one hit. That's what yeah. we're going for. You want it to be a cash cow. You don't want to spend too much time on it. So half an hour, I think, give myself, stick some sort of beat over the top, have the... Get your hand off my penis! And I think that's going to go wild, Ellie. I think in the charts. It's going to set the charts on fire. 100,000 will mean nothing to me. We're going to go into the millions. Um, look, I've got a little loop thing here, Ellie. Mm-hmm. Just sort of a royalty-free little loop thing. So we could... Because I think it'll work even now without me even doing anything. I haven't even, okay. like, programmed this in or anything. I reckon it could just... Hang on, we could, like, a... Get your hand off my penis! Get your hand off my penis! Straight Get away. Get your hand off my penis! My limp penis, my limp penis. Get your hand off my penis! Get your hand off my I mean, penis! This is... Get your hand See off how my easy penis. it is, Ellie. My limp penis. This is the bloke who got... Hello, pretty boy. I sent you... This is the bloke <laughs> who got me on the penis, people. Hello, pretty boy. Is that Phil that got him on the penis? on the penis, people. Hello, pretty boy. My limp penis, my limp penis. Get your... Get your... Get your... Get your... Get your hand off my penis! There you go. So, <laughs> I, think, I think we can 
do something more. I mean, but that's just... I think that would do, to be honest. <laughs> if I wasn't You're talking... You're chucking in any great and infamous whores in there. Oh, great and infamous whore, perhaps. Moonlight Shagger. Maybe we need to get Moonlight Shagger in there. Maybe we could do a version of Moves Like Shagger to Moonlight Shagger. Mm. And then the Moonlight Shagger. I got that. So I think we've definitely got something there. If I wasn't talking over it, going, out, oh, look, you see how easy it is. If I wasn't doing that, we could have just... Could have just used that. Could have just used off. that. But I think we'll do... Maybe I could do like a little making of. Yeah. Talk you through the various stages of putting together a dance hit. So, <laughs> the succulent, succulent limp penis. Succulent limp Chinese penis. Hang on. No, no. What? I can't Why? remember the rest of the story. No, I'm sorry. Ellie, <laughs> just as I stop that there, oh. Ellie said there was someone in her street who she grew up with. And who named? He named his own penis. I don't know if it was like him or his friends between them. I mean, it's weird if his friends did, because then that means they've seen his penis. <laughs> right. Swifty McVane. Is that what they called it? They called it Swifty McVane. Swifty McVane. Maybe that should be the name of the podcast. Swifty, Swifty McVane. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, anyway. Dear. Okay. Oh, what's going on? You know what that is, Ellie? Is it? It is. It's time for the penultimate What's the Time, Mr. Eagle? Some people get a thrill from deviant crime. I would rather play a game where I guess the time. I don't want to be embroiled in matters illegal. I'd rather play a game of What's the Time, Mr. Eagle? Okay. Mm. Ellie's got her notebook. She's turning from the scintillating fact about preserves and Jackie's chunky bits and <laughs> she's or maybe that should be the name of the podcast <laughs> Jackie's chunky bits I'll tag her in it on Twitter last week was was it my worst week last week? no no we do this every week it, look, wait, look tell you what no right, no no no, no. Yeah. I'll tell you what Give them my personal worst from all three guesses. Give them my personal best, and then the audience knows. Okay, personal worst, week seven, 97 minutes out overall. Personal best, week six, 36 minutes out overall. And this is week nine of What's the Time, Mr. Eagle, the penultimate week in which, over the course of the week, three times, Ellie will thrust a recorder in front of my face. I won't know when it's about to happen, and she will say, what's the time, Mr. Eagle? I then have to guess the time. After this one, we've only got one more, and I'm aiming to beat my personal best of 39... 36. 36. You did just say <laughs> 36. Okay, so that's over the course of three guesses. We add them up. If it comes to fewer than 36 minutes out, then I am triumphant. That's what we're aiming for. Let's cross to this week's What's the Time, Mr. Eagle? What's the time, Mr. Eagle? So, my question to you Ooh. is What's the time, Mr. Eagle? 17 minutes past no it's 21 minutes oh oh it's 18 minutes past 12 o'clock right what are you settling on 18 minutes past it's 16 minutes oh. past <laughs> pretty good though not bad though mate what's the time mr eagle the question is what's the time mr eagle um it is 11 minutes past 10 Oh, it's 10.12. Oh, oh, one minute out, so I've gone from two minutes <laughs> to one minute. The next one is going to be zero. And you know what I'm going to do, Ellie? My last best guess mm -hmm. last week in my woeful attempt yeah. was when I had a hangover. Yeah. So I think to celebrate the fact that I've had 
two minutes and one minute out, I'm going to have a drink and then wake up tomorrow. I'm going to get it bang on. So this is unbelievable. In two guesses, I'm three out. What's the time, Mr. Eagle? What's the time, Mr. Eagle? Okay, so I've been up for a while, or I've been awake for a while, but I have not checked the time yet. I've been waiting for Ellie to wake up. I've had a lot of time to think about it. It's also another hangover special. With that in mind, I think the time is 9.45. It's 10.51. Ah, okay, so we have a new personal worst. Oh, oh no. Oh. I'm not even going to play the jingle. I'm not even going to play the last bit of the jingle. We're just, that's just. So, two minutes out, then one minute out, so I was three minutes out. If I wanted to beat my personal best of 36 minutes. I was so close to doing it. All I had to do was be, what, like 32 minutes out? 32 yeah, minutes out of USO. But instead, I was an hour and 16 minutes out. Six. Was I? An hour and six. <laughs> an hour and six minutes out, which I think is my personal worst in terms of one guess. Um, yes. So that's my personal worst in terms of Wonga, 66 minutes out. And that meant, overall, I was 69 minutes out. Next week, we'll have the final What's the Time, Mr. Eagle. And hopefully, we can end in style with a personal best. One of my other notes that doesn't seem to make a lot of... Because I wrote this about five years ago. It says, Sue, sugar and sherry with onions. I don't know why I've got that in there. I don't know. Is that what? No. Is that, that was when you were going through your cannibal phase. <laughs> yeah, I remember you told me about that. And you said, Sue, really goes well with uh, sugar, sugar, sherry and, sherry and onions. onions. Well, Sherry as well. She was one of the, the people, wasn't she? So okay. Sue and Sherry goes well with sugar and onions. <laughs> There's also another quote. It says, smells like clean spirit from Amy. Because we were talking about cleaning the labels off of old jars. Ah, okay. That's quite a good uh, feature almost, sort of (laughs) domestic engineer's songbook. Yeah. Bake Um, it off, bake it off. Oh, yeah, bake it off instead of shake it off. Oh, you know, but what would be quite good for the washing up? Don't believe me, just wash up. Ah, (laughs) yes. Stop flannel time. Could that work? (laughs) Um, Mop right now. Thank you very much. Oh, you're doing well here. (laughs) Wipe about now. The sponge soul brother. (laughs) (laughs) Fairy cross the... the Greasy. (laughs) um, Murky. Oh, fairy cross the murky. Anyway, <laughs> we can do that after what's the time, Mr. Eagle? Oh, New dear. feature there. I like to hoover it, hoover it. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, dear. Before we move to mm. herbal tea of the week, Ellie, yeah. I feel that we should talk about... You start telling me a story. We got three quarters of the way through and then I stopped you because I wanted you to tell it on the podcast. Yeah. And it was about your grandmother. There was a couple of situations where people thought she was a bit of a collector. So, we were watching something. They were talking about bottle tops from old milk bottles and things and how you'd collect up a bag of the foil and send it off to raise money for Blue Peter or something. And she used to 
get raise milk. money for mm. blind or something yeah. like that, or raise money for Blue Peter. Yeah, but Blue Peter was doing anyway. yes, yes. So makes um, it sound like you know the so BBC. It's another thing that the BBC did there, raising money for Blue Peter, and it's just all all the money went to uh, their tip, the cassette, <laughs> cassette tip making. trade. She would collect up all the milk bottle tops and leave them in a bag outside the door, and somebody'd collect them and take them up the road to this other lady who collected them, and then she'd gather them up and send them to someone else. And it went around about five people, and then she'd get these. So why was she doing that? Though? Because you could, they could recycle foil, but not in small amounts. So if you had the bottle tops, the little foil bottle tops, if you had a lot of them, it could all be recycled into one big thing. So she'd put them outside the door. Somebody would take them away and give them to someone else, and then they got handed to someone else who was collecting them for this charity thing. And then, but eventually, it came back to this other person who was like, "Oh, I know who, Mrs. Skinner down the road." And then they would be dropped back off at my grandmother's house because people knew she collected them to raise money for the thing. So her bottle tops were just going in an endless cycle for a so while they, until they realised that there were like five old ladies each passing them on to the other. Each one thinking that the other was the ringleader, yeah. the bottle top leader. <laughs> the one who was going to collect them and send them off but she had a, a collection of teddy bears because somebody had given her a teddy bear once and she put it on the back of the sofa and somebody else saw and went oh Molly must collect teddies and so she ended up with like 50 or 60 and she didn't want any of them she was just too polite to <laughs> say I don't collect wow. these things actually and then her other collection that she had thousands of was commemorative pencils so when you go to a castle or somewhere or a museum they'll often have a, a pencil with a little image and, and the name of the place stamped on and she had thousands of them that was an accidental collection as well somebody just gave her one or two once and she put them in a jar and then someone was like oh so I'd brought some back from like the Isle of Wight when I went on my school trip when I was 10 it's yeah she problem. had thousands it's the and problem, she didn't want any it? of them yeah it's the one when you just you're just out of politeness go oh, you're giving me a pencil right I'll just put it over there someone else goes <laughs> oh there's a pencil there. And it's got oh. a place on it. Oh, oh I'll do that's that. That's a good present. And, and it just becomes a bit of a trope. It almost just becomes of like, you think of that person and you go, pencil. Well, and it did. When we went on holiday, we'd pencil, go somewhere. Pencil, toy. And we'd go to a castle or something and it'd have a pencil. And we'd go, oh, can oh, we get one for Gaggy? Because she collects pencils. And we're like, all right, then bring them back. And she put, oh, thank you, lovely. You see what she should have done? is just put a couple of 50 pence pieces on the table or a couple of pound coins and everyone would have gone, oh, she really oh, she loves collecting money. pound coins to see <laughs> before, you know, it, thousands of pounds on the table. <laughs> Some folks like plenty, others like tea herbally, but this is the feature that reviews herbal tea verbally. We'll give it a smell, we'll give it a drink, and then we will tell you what we think. Tea is the subject on which we will speak in our exciting feature, Herbal Tea of the Week. Polly didn't put the kettle on. Ellie put the pack, the kettle on. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> she did that as well, but uh, that's another story. That's for our gardening feature, which will be replacing What's the Time, Mr. Eagle. I've let the cat out of the bag. Well, that's our other feature as well on uh, domesticated pets. But anyway, we're not concentrating on our gardening feature or domesticated pets feature. This is, of course, the Herbal Tea of the Week feature. Ellie has boiled the kettle. She is now pouring the freshly boiled water over a tea. Whatever that tea is, we shall be reviewing it for description, for smell and for taste. We'll be totting up those scores out of 10 and we'll be finding out the resultant total, our tea total, and we'll be comparing it with other teas on the scoreboard 
here. This is week seven, I believe, for Herbal Tea of the Week. But there is one thing that I've not yet said, one very crucial point that I have not revealed, and that is what this week's Herbal Tea of the Week is. And to find out that, because I have no idea, it's time to head to the aforementioned Ellie Skinner. Already it's got a slight failure because Ooh. this one is not a loose leaf tea, it's in a bag. It's actually called a tea temple, which might give it away to some listeners, but yours is absolutely fine, but my one has burst and there's bits of tea. <laughs> Oh, we have our first. I don't know. The trouble is, we haven't got an element of reviewing it for that. No, of loose leaf over bag. Yeah, or, or tea bag efficacy. Okay, so you told us what it is. We're still going, Ellie. It is tea pigs rubos. Every time I say it differently. Creme caramel. Oh, so we're continuing our snack yeah. theme, I suppose. The errant tea bag we cannot take into account. So, tea pigs, you could still get full marks despite your shoddy tea bagmanship. <laughs> the packaging, just as a, an aside, we won't mark on this, but is 100% plant based. Ooh. So, the tea bag is made from plant starch. Oh, I mean, it's not the best advert for sustainable sources when the tea bag <laughs> breaks, but never mind. Well, should we do the description? <laughs> Rubos, I can't say it, is a naturally caffeine-free and nutrient-full, but life is all about balance, so we've added caramel for good measure. That's part of their tea trivia. So it's with caramel pieces oh. and natural flavourings. Tea this trivia? Tea, What's that? Alliteration. Yes, this tea has it all. It's naturally caffeine-free, but can be drunk with milk like your regular cuppa. The chunks of caramel give it a sweet, creamy, comforting richness to rival any scrumptious dessert. Oh, no, hang on. Did I say, did I say last week? Yummy, scrumptious. We can't guarantee all temples contain caramel chunks, but if you do get all 15 full of chunks, you've really hit the sweetness jackpot. Oh, and only two calories in a cup when drunk with water. I don't understand. What does it mean, all temples? So each of these tea bags is called a tea temple. It's a pyramid type one. Ah. So there's, because it will be scooped in and put in, they can't guarantee that there's a bit of... Caramel, caramel each one. Which would kind of knock back the creme caramel idea. And no. surely it would just be... They're not going to have any favours if we're not getting the caramel, are they? Yeah. I don't know. I mean... Do you it... want the ingredients? Yeah, let's do that before so I give it a description the rating. Rubos, caramel pieces and then natural flavourings. I mean, it's not a great... Well, it was doing well with it. I like tea it's temple and tea trivia. A bit of tea trivia. It, there was a bit of alliteration. It had said scrumptious, though. Oh, I don't know. It's between a six and a seven. Ellie, what are you going for? Uh, I think I'm going to go for a six because having a get out clause of, well, it's creme caramel, but you might not have any actual caramel in it. Yeah. Seems a bit I oh, yeah, That's a bit cheeky. I'm going to go for a six as well. Sorry, tea pigs, but... I mean, it's down there with the bloom teas and the Chiang Mai Chai. When the bloom teas did exceptionally well after that, yeah. it could do the same thing. This could be another bloom tea scandal, but... <laughs> and I didn't even take the tea bag into account. If the tea bag... Count yourselves lucky that we didn't let the tea bag breaking count well, against that, you. Yeah, that could have pigs. been user error. That could have been me accidentally breaking it as I... I I think if you can, nah, yeah. Um, I have now drained my. They think if tea pigs are listening, they might think, "Oh, this is a nice quaint little feature." This is nothing quaint about it. There is the the brutal truth: is you need to do something about your tea bags. (laughs) All right, that's it. We tell it how it is. People say that we are like it's like listening to talk sport for herbal tea enthusiasts. We are the talk sport of the herbal tea world. You know, it's all about we'll we say it 
how it is. You've, you've heard my song, Free Speech, take it on the chin, all right? That's what I say to you, tea pigs. It uh, sounds like I'm insulting them as well, tea pigs. But I'm calling them tea pigs. But in fairness, that is the name of the brand. Yes. Some might say that we're like tea pigs because we're policing the tea world. Oh, yeah, the tea filth. That's what they call us, we're the tea filth. We've taken the tea bag out now, David, so you can safely sniff it. Okay. Over brewing. There's a certain fruitiness there, isn't there? There's the chocolatiness, the caramel. You can smell the rooibos. Also, a little smell almost of rum I'm getting. Mm. You know when you get those chocolates? That like a rum. I'm getting like a okay. rum chocolate type thing. I'm not getting a huge amount of caramel. It's got quite a sweetness to it. It reminds me of certain teas that in the past I haven't liked. It also almost smells like some of the ones we've had with a bit of apple in. A bit. It's a bit like the fruitcake, but not yeah. as like I that. I don't know. There's something that's salt. setting me on edge a little bit. And for that, I'm sorry, it's getting a six for smell. What are you doing? I'm going to give it a seven. You're giving it a seven? Sorry, tea pigs, you're not coming out of this well. Not too well, anyway. It's by no means an egregious I mean, tea. No, that, but is, that is the lowest on smell we've had. The lowest think, on smell? I think when you haven't got as many ingredients, it's going to be more subtle, isn't it? So it's well, not maybe that's the thing, and the trouble is we've been in the past. The last one was just absolutely replete, brimming with aroma. But, yeah, it reminds me of certain teas that in the past I haven't liked, and I'm imagining the taste already. With that said, we're going to try it with... With, I think I'm not going to like it particularly without oat milk. I might like it with oat milk. It might change if one of us gets a chunk of caramel. I'm investigating. Oh, she's investigating the contents. There's no... The one from your tea bag, which, if you remember, remained intact, doesn't seem to have any massive chunks or anything. Right. I, I wonder... A sad it's a conspiracy theory here, but I wonder... But we are talk sport well, of the tea world. What? Oh, you... Oh, there's two. What's the point in that? <laughs> there's already two. I cannot believe this, tea pigs. You've put two in Ellie's... And that's three. No wonder the bloody thing split because it's just full of bloody caramel chunks. Absolutely ridiculous. I'm sorry, tea pigs, but you are not coming out of this well. I'm going to taste it first, obviously, without oat milk. My goodness, it's better than I thought it was going to be. Oh, that's very nice. That is like a creme caramel. Mmm, that's without oat milk. So the oat milk has been added. That hasn't transformed it in the way I assumed it would. No. It's almost flattened it a little bit. Yeah. It's lost a bit of the tang. It's very smooth and warming still. It is. But it's just lost that kind of brightness that mm. it had without the oat milk. And I thought it was going to be, be added. Yeah. My goodness. I'm giving That's it. not the way I thought it would go. No, it's not the way I thought it would go, and I have to say. I'm a little disappointed. When I ordered it, I had quite high hopes. They have not been and met. And it's not quite, yeah, it's not quite reached... You've not met them, tea pigs. I'm going to give that a five. Oh. There's something that's just setting me on edge. The combination just isn't quite working go. for me. It's not yeah. unpleasant, but I don't think I would ever say, Ellie, you know what I think we should have? A tea pig's creme caramel. Yeah. If someone said, here, I've made you a tea, it's a tea pig's creme caramel, I'm not going to, I won't say I'm not going to sniff at it. Well, I don't need to anymore, because I've <laughs> already done that. I'd drink it, but uh, I wouldn't say, you know what I really fancy? A tea pig's creme caramel and with the other teas i would say oh i'd like one of those if someone said you're never going to have a tea pig's creme caramel again i'd say absolutely fine so i'm giving it a five i'm gonna give it a i've six. got five on it 
As, um, is it another level? Who's saying that? I got five on it. I don't know. Don't know. We'll research that maybe a little bit later on. But anyway. I'm going to go with a six. I really like it without the milk. That's an 11. So we know for a fact it's not a winner. It might even yeah. be in last place. But to find that out, it's time to cross to Ellie to give it a teetotal. Description. Down there with the bloom teas and the Chiang Mai Chai and the Danish pastry. Smell. Lowest score. Taste. 11. It's a low score for taste. It's a low score for smell. It's got to be the worst tea so far. What is it? it tea pigs. Creme caramel gets a teetotal of... 36. That's a drop, oh. a drop of 10 points on last week's... I mean, can I even points. play Binny Hill? Hailing, <laughs> pun very much intended, because I'm a comedy genius. <laughs> It's a nice cup of tea. I'm going to leave that up to you, to, listeners, to decide whether you think it's a nice cup of tea, but I don't think I'm going to draw Binny on it. It's an okay cup of tea, but I think, it, does it have to get 40 or more to be a nice cup I of think, tea? I think that's what you said before. Yeah, yeah I think so. So Binny doesn't play. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a first, it's a first. It is. And also, we do have another five or six T-Pigs one, so we will come back we'll to the T-Pigs and hopefully they can do better. We'll find out exclusively only here on the David Eagle podcast on Herbal Tea of the Week. And just to shame T-Pigs even more, where Binny Hale should be, I'm just going to, I'm going to press the button, but I'm just going to turn the volume down and we're just going to have a few seconds of silence. <laughs> Before we move on. <laughs> there we go. That was just a little bit of silence there for where the jingle should have been, where Binny normally would be. A disrespectful silence for tea pigs. Time for potato news. News. It's called you hold your horses. Why is it doing that? It went straight on to the next one there. Anyway, it's <laughs> let's head to the kitchen and find out how our potatoes are getting on. Here's a report we made earlier. We are standing in the kitchen by the window, the window of opportunity. And what opportunity I'm referring to is the opportunity for potatoes to sprout. We have given them all we can. Ellie, you have put them in compost. Yep. This was two weeks ago two weeks now ago. that you planted them. Last week, nothing seemingly had happened. Nope. We're going to find out this week. Before we do that, we've got a couple of other things, both uh, related to these potatoes in front of us and to other potato activity. Let's go to that first. Last week, you on the podcast, you said that your friend had a child and one of her first words, his first, his first words. words, was potato. Yeah. He, she now reports that he said potato before he said mama or yeah. mum or yeah. anything like that. Anything be... relating to her being his mother. Yeah. He, he just said potato, potato first. first. We still have not got a recording, though. It's all very no. well plying us with such facts. <laughs> you are teasing us. Well, you don't want well, teasing. She said, if she, can, the week. she said if she can get it recorded, she will send it to us. Let's find uh, out. Direct your hand. My goodness. Here's I'm the feeling them. Of the soil. My goodness. They're sprouting taking yeah. place, isn't there? I'm wondering if we could number the potatoes and then we could have a little bit of a competition and people can put maybe a bet on. You know, they can get down the buggies and say, oh, I'm here for potato news. And they'll go, oh, <laughs> not another one. Is this say, it, just you might have people we've had coming in saying they want to have a bet on potato number two. It's like, well, I'm going to put the trend, mate. I'm going for potato one. It's like, the odds of potato one, 17 to one, mate. Well, potato one at the moment is the one that is the most sprouted. Okay, so that would so, maybe be a safe bet. So that's but your safe bet there. 
slightly overtaken. I can't tell you. I what. don't understand how any of this works. This is where. Well, betting um, on potatoes. You don't understand how that works. <laughs> I don't really understand odds yeah. and stuff. So there you go. A new bit of jeopardy there. A new bit of drama. We didn't even know that was coming. Now we didn't know that was good, but that's the thing. We do rely on this. It's heavily scripted, but now and again, a little bit of spontaneity can come out. Yeah. And I don't know. I hope at our production staff when we when we chat to them, yeah. they'll say you went off script. But it worked. Yeah. And that's sometimes what happens. Very rarely. Sometimes they'll say, no, just stick to the script. It's been well researched. We've had focus groups in and all sorts. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So that is your potato news. But we don't end the feature by saying that, do we? No. We, of course, play the jingle. Yeah. So as Ellie, what Ellie should have said is, and that's this week's... Potato, 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 News! Oh, keeps moving on to the next item. I'll have to work out why it's doing that. Thank you very much for listening. No landlady turning up. Not so far. Thank you very much. I can just imagine a lot of... Uh, Rex Chapman followers you know the American basketball player thinking oh, I'll give this podcast a little listen to maybe thoughts who knows what they might have thought this podcast was going to be after they heard my little song and they're listening to reviews on herbal teas and potatoes and facts about jams and they were maybe lured in by the eroticism of the idea of Jackie's Chunky Bits <laughs> if that's what we're calling this podcast I should probably very quickly also mention the fact that I've got some gigs coming up uh, mm-hmm. remember make a weekend of it April the 22nd the podcast will come out so yeah. have a listen you can listen to the podcast on a Thursday maybe you're allowed to be in the with the, it's a rule of six from April 12th or something is it? I can't, I can't remember. quite remember what the rules are, but if it is, get some friends around to celebrate and listen to the David Eagle podcast on the Thursday. Keep those friends by your side. For Friday, on April the 23rd, myself and Paul Silky White are launching an online comedy night. We'll be hosting it, and we've got Daisy Earl, Brennan Reese, and Sindhu V alongside us. So that's going to be a wonderful night. And on April the 24th, it's not going to be quite a special. I'm going to be doing another gig, but um, not surrounding myself with as anyone as interesting. No, no, but it's, it's Michael and Sean from the Youngins. We're doing a very <laughs> rare Youngins gig, our only online streamed gig this year. And last year, we haven't done an online gig since any of the lockdowns, so it's a very rare opportunity to see us. And both of those gigs on the 23rd and 24th of April will be through Live to Your Living Room, or as Michael wrote in the mail out that he sent everyone, Life to your living loom, which is some sort of like medieval weaving thing. Oh, we might get some people from the Women's Institute, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think of when I think of. Wi- to be honest, when you think of Women's Institute, rightly or wrongly, you think of things like jam. Yep. That's kind of a bit reductive. You know, if I said, oh, Women's Institute, oh, they just all make jam and stuff, you'd go, well, come on, think about what women have fought for and all of this. And you, the first thing is, oh, when I was in the Women's Institute, we talked about jam. So, jam making, yeah. Yeah. Well, Jamaicans. Maybe, maybe next week we'll talk about my first visit to a WI when there was a case of mistaken identity. My goodness! Another anecdote. So now, Mr. Dumb and Gay, now you American basketball fans, keep listening because you want to hear that story. Mm. All right. And maybe we'll have an interview with Jackie as well and find out how our chunky bits uh, are doing. <laughs> anyway, there you go. Right. That's the podcast done. Uh, I think we're just waffling on a little bit now. So I think it's. <laughs> It's time, uh, it's time for us to... Uh, Shut the fuck up. Until next week, from me, David Eagle. And me, Ellie Skinner. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, shut the fuck up.
Get your hand off my penis!